Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Complex Queen, amazing interviews of my week podcast. I'm Steve Saipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos and Thomas Anderson. How are you guys doing? It's very, very nice, sunny afternoon. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Doing pretty well. All right. So for Promote Extend Trade, I think this should be a good one. And if you listen to our podcast as soon as it comes out, It'll be May the 4th, and that obviously has Star Wars connotations. So of these Star Wars video games, what are we going to promote? Extend Steve, trade? you're finally speaking my language. <laughs> it only took 50 fucking episodes, and we finally, we're finally here. So for promote, I guess that's going to be the game that we kind of like play a little bit, but all right, that, you know, whatever, we move on. Extend uh-huh. is the one that we just kind of like become engrossed with. And then uh-huh. trade is obviously, you know, trade. That's the one we uh, bring back to GameStop for 10 cents. Yep. So first we have Knights of the Old Republic. Uh-huh. Then we have uh, we have Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original one from like PS2. Yeah, Xbox. just make it, making sure not the new shitty no. EA version. Definitely just not. Just like the simulations. And last one is Galactic Battlegrounds. Which one is Galactic Battleground? That's like the StarCraft. Um, ah, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I remember, I remember playing that. Um, that's tough. 
Mm-hmm. So this one's easy for me because I didn't play Galactic Battlegrounds. I know I would like it because I like games like that, but I just have never played it. Hmm. So, um, KOTOR is one of my favorite games ever, so that's getting extended. Like, it's not Battle Battlefront's fault, but... Um, <laughs> like, I love that game too, but KOTOR, like, I've played it so many times, and it's so good every time. So... So, uh, I, I've played all three... I'm going to trade Battlegrounds because even when I was playing Battlegrounds, I still preferred, um, like, I love Star Wars games. I I still enjoy the franchise, so I've liked it less as the years have gone on. Um, still, uh, I preferred Age of Empires or, or uh, that franchise in terms of RTS at the time. So I'm trading Battlegrounds. Um, KOTAR versus Battlefront is hard. That's That's a tough one, Steve. I hate that you're making me choose. Here's the thing, right? Like, Kotar is what was and is incredible, but but RPGs age so terribly. Like, you go back and play Kotar or or even like the first Mass Effect. It's it's oh. still good. <laughs> like the story's good, but holy hell, it's clunky. It's all like it's it's not great. Like, your character does one attack and then stands there bobbing for three seconds, and then does another thing, and it... Uh. I tried to play the first Mass Effect, I think, last summer, and uh-huh. I was like, I was telling my friend, I was like, I can't, I'm missing every shot, because I have no idea where anything's going. Uh-huh. And he's just like, yeah, it's gonna take a minute, because I'm used to, like, two and three, where they kind right. figured out the combat, but the I mean, combat's just... Mass so- Effect is still just such an incredible oh, yeah. RPG. Uh... Despite the clunkiness, I think I'll extend Kotar and, and uh, promote Battlefront, though. Damn it, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. That's I also I traded Battlegrounds. I love it, but I think just the the story aspect of it is what does it in. I guess there really is yeah, not you, much of the story. Fair. There isn't at all. Like you could sit there and make up your own scenarios. Um, I don't know if there was online play at the time. Well, yeah, I guess there had to have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not. You know, have uh, an internet good enough to do that. So it's just basically me and my sister like making up our own games, which mm-hmm. is extremely fun. You could sit there for hours, but after that, you know, like yeah. One of, one of my most distinct memories from Battlefront playing it with friends is for some somebody of one time made an off. You could purchase a leader in like in between planetary yes. battles or whatever right and at some point someone called that the leader hosen upgrade and that just <laughs> stuck i don't know how That's old awesome. we're 10 to 12 That's it's awesome. like oh no he's using the leader hosen and that just became a thing for years playing that game That's awesome. <laughs> yeah but knight's old republic is just the best mm-hmm. it's just hard not to say it isn't I mean, and then yeah. they made the second the second one isn't bad. I the know, second but one they is just rushed it. Yeah, I mean, it literally doesn't have an ending. Like, you need to download like an actual mod to actually have the game yeah. end properly. But, jeez, I, I, I Bioware never made that mistake again. Never, never <laughs> once. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Not at all way. salty about that. Still, just. <sighs> yeah, I like a lot of what Kotor two did. And then when I first played it, I didn't really know that the ending was kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And then it ended, and I was like, that's it. But 
like yeah. it, it went to zero to like a million in like five minutes, and it ended. Mm-hmm. It was very clear that they rushed it out of the door to get it on shelves. It was like yeah, the, it was like the Sopranos ending, but literally the opposite of what you want. Had EA purchased Bioware at that point? Kotor two. That was made by Obsidian. Kotor two was made by Obsidian, so it wasn't yeah. Bioware again. Bioware pawned it off to them because they were supposed oh, to Oh right, but it's still on their engine, right, yeah. right, right. You're right. That's you're I right. mean though, Fallout New Vegas doesn't have an ending for some yeah. of the scenarios either, so yeah, it's still, exactly. still their MO. Yeah. It's a very similar thing actually, but I like New Vegas a lot. Oh, New Vegas is the best. I never got the New Vegas love, I'm sorry. Really? No, <sighs> it never did it for me. That's okay. Uh, uh, on a totally unrelated Star Wars note, I don't suppose either of you have wa- watched the Clone Wars animated show, do you? I watched it a while ago, but I'm gonna go back and rewatch it. This, this, the, the, the final season is happen. The, the final episode ever is, is tomorrow, which is. Has been, it, has it been good the last season? Oh my god. Well, okay, so like the, the, uh, I'm sorry, Steve, we're off on a huge <laughs> tangent here. I can stop if you want me to. No, um, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so, so, for those of you who don't know, Star Wars The Clone Wars was a really – it started off as this really campy, kiddie cartoon show set between episodes two and three, and Anakin gets this uh, apprentice, Ahsoka, and it started as an anthology, and then like around season three, they pull it together, and it becomes an incredible show. Then it got canceled for no reason. Uh, they went on to make a Star Wars Rebels show, and then that finished. And then they went back and said, you know, let's actually finish Clone Wars. So the past couple weeks, they've been pumping out this final season. And it's basically three, four episode arcs. The first one, were, the first two arcs were, were good. Um, and, but this last arc has been, uh, Ahsoka going into Order 66. So basically it's oh, pushing cool. through the star, pushing through Revenge of the Sith from her perspective. And it's incredible and Tense and heartbreaking, and it, it's been excellent. So I'm, I'm going to be an emotional wreck tomorrow when when that <laughs> final episode airs. It's it's really they really figured out a good plot within the prequels, which is a disaster. Mm-hmm. Which is she, that's that's the thing that's always interesting about it to me. The character of Ahsoka has honestly become my favorite Star Wars character in any media. They done she turned they turned her from like an annoying campy character at the start to just so well developed, flushed out, uh, and she's going to be in the next season of The Mandalorian, so I'm super pumped. Oh wait, who's playing her? Rosario Dawson. Yeah, that's that's who it is. It was someone yeah. like yeah. Yeah, yeah. After she she's been voiced by Ashley Eckstein for for a decade now. So anyway, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> May the fourth. All right. Yes, May the fourth. Uh, so last week I spoke with Rob and Dan about the CPBL and the KBO and we adopted the Uni President Lions and the LG Twins as our teams in those respective leagues. Um, we touched on, you know, more than just who to root for in the interview. So if you haven't listened to them already, I suggest that you uh, check out our last episode and listen to the whole thing, but obviously pay attention to the interviews with Rob and Dan. So the season career hasn't started yet. It's about to. It's going to start this upcoming week. But uh, play in Korea, I mean, excuse me, play in Taiwan is going strong. And the Lions uh, went three and one last week. Right fielder Anko Lin, he was definitely the player of the week. 
Uh, he hit homer in th- homers in three straight games, and he actually tied a record in the league for hitting four in a row, but that first one came uh, prior to last week. So uh, all in all, he went 7-15 and with three homers, 12 RBI, two strikeouts, two walks, and a stolen base. And he was the line's number one draft uh, pick last year. And he might be given a chance to be a two-way player. He needs to kind of improve on his pitching, which is not up to the caliber of the league, which is actually kind of bad. So he might not ever be a two-way player. But it's fun that he he wants to be. So his future is definitely bright. Uh, Third baseman, Fulin Kuo. He also had a pretty good week. He went six for 14 with three homers, six RBI, two strikeouts and a walk. Um, the Yankees originally scouted him and signed him, and he was in their system for a little bit. Obviously, it didn't work out, and he went back to Taiwan, but he's been pretty solid with them when he's healthy. But the problem with him is that he's been hurt a lot, so he needs to uh, start those... How Metsian. Yeah, he needs to start those <laughs> plate, those, those plasma-rich uh, platelet, platelet infusions. Uh, Pitching-wise... He, he needs the bone oh. shots that Zach Wheeler got. Yeah, yeah. God, those are the most terrible, like... Yeah, I'm getting oh. injections in my stomach to make my bones stronger. That sounds like a bad DC uh, hero <laughs> origin story. It does. Uh, Pitching-wise, like Rob was talking about last week in our interview, pitching is not a strength of the league. Um, left-hander Chen Yin-Chiang, he had the best week of anyone... He had five shutout innings in his start, and he bounced back from a really bad one uh, the week before when he gave up nine runs over four innings. Um, the two Western pitchers that are on their roster right now, Don Roach and Ryan Fierraben, they both struck out eight batters, but they also allowed a bunch of runs. So, you know, good and bad. He's a big-time meme in the MLB The Show community. <laughs> Fierraben, because he's uh. a... Knuckleballer, Knuckleball. and he's still in the yep. game. So, like, trolly people online bring him out in competitive games, and he's, like, <laughs> impossible to hit. And he's, like, 58 overall, and it's just annoying. Do they do, does this game do a good job of modeling the uh, weirdness of the knuckleball? I say this is someone who hasn't it's, played it. It's it's a pain, yeah. It's a, no, that's it's cool. a pain in the ass. But if you hit it, it goes far, typically? like if Usually, it, and yeah. usually if you hit it and it goes far, the people who use him quit right away. <laughs> like, I, I, I wish think, actual knuckleballers did that. I want to see like all right, Dickie, if we get just if we give up a laser beam homer and just walk off the field. It's like ah, oh, I'm done. The uh, the, the last time I faced him, I hit a two run home run off of him, and the dude quit before the ball ended. Like it just <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that that's what you get for bringing that's in a right. knuckleballer. <laughs> Were you playing me by any chance? Oh, yeah, too real. It was uh-huh. it wasn't City Field. But I, <laughs> maybe the first week or so that the game came out, I got a Stephen Wright card. So I was just like, oh, sweet. He, it's, you know, like you said, one wrong move at the knuckleball in that oh, game, yeah, and you're just, you're dead. It's, yeah. Can you, does, does that, that game still has like a my player functionality kind of thing, right? Can you make yourself a knuckleballer? I think you can. Yeah. I, I, I never made one a pitcher online because I don't know if they because I don't know if they set that pitches you can, can have because yeah. oh, you everyone can. would. Oh, okay. 
But everyone, if they use a, if they create a pitcher and put them online at some side like submariner who throws a hundred and two or whatever, and they're always going to <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Joe Joe Smith, but also Araldus Chapman makes yeah. sense. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, so a little bit now about just the history of baseball in Taiwan, I guess, uh, for this week's episode. Since there's not too much else going on, um, but I wanted to give everyone, like, you know, some context since we're going to be following this team and this league and everything. So um, basically the reason why Taiwan has kind of advanced, I guess you want to call it, baseball culture, but mainland China doesn't, is because until 1945, Taiwan was a dependency of the Empire of Japan. It was acquired uh, in the Sino-Japanese War at the end of the 19th century. And at that point, baseball had already been introduced to Japan and it was getting more and more popular by the day. So it makes sense that the Japanese in Taiwan brought it with them. Obviously, things were not always peaceful, um, and there were minor and pretty major conflicts between the people of Taiwan and the Japanese government, much like any other you know, colonial power lording over native peoples. But eventually, baseball became a part of the culture of the non-Japanese people in Taiwan, and when Japan left and Taiwan got its independence, you know, um, obviously there's still a lot going on with that today, but we'll, we'll call it independence and everything. And, you know, they embraced that baseball culture. And over the decades, Taiwan participated in things like Little League World Series, Baseball World Cup, the Olympics, but there never actually was a formal baseball league. And anyone that played in high school or college, if they showed any kind of promise to play professionally, they went to either Korea or, Jap- or Japan, and they played there. But in the mid-'80s, there was a push to actually create a domestic league of their own. It was basically started and pushed through by one man, uh, Teng Shang-hyung, who is the chairman of Brothers Hotel Chain, um, which then got its own – which sponsored a team. But he got enough corporate sponsorships sponsorships from other groups, and the CPBL was born. And it's existed for about 30 years now. Uh, there's currently five teams, but there were others in the past. The defunct teams that no longer exist are the China Times Eagles, the China Trust Whales, the D-Media T-Rex, and nice. the Mercury Tigers. There was a T-Rex team? Yeah. 
Damn it. It's yeah. a Dinos team in Korea, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Whales and the Tigers, they both dissolved because of financial issues from their parent companies, but the Eagles and the T-Rex became defunct, um, interesting stories because of scandal. Um, the Eagles, they were heavily tied to a big game-fixing scandal in 1997, and that hurt their popularity enough that the China Times basically didn't want to be associated with the team anymore, so they lost their corporate sponsorship and they disappeared. And the T-Rex, um, the same thing happened with them. They were involved in a game-fixing scam. Uh, this one is in the late 2000s. <laughs> and the league basically disbarred them. They, the, the whole team just got thrown out of the league as a result. Are you telling me they didn't just lose a first-round pick and get a $5 million <laughs> fine? Nope. Huh. Um, I, thought, I thought that was the maximum possible penalty for cheating. Well, go figure. I guess there's a difference between cheating and, like, Game fixing, like, um, it's actually kind of interesting. There's there's been a lot of gambling and game fixing scandals in the CPBL's you know history of basically just 30 years from the 80s, uh, excuse me, from the 90s on till today. And if you look at like baseball history in the U.S. here, a lot of those kind of scandals happen in the earliest days of the MLB, like. 1900 and 1940, let's say, when when the players had no rights, they were paid the lowest percentage of what they were getting as compared to the owners, and the guys kind of felt like they had no other choice but get involved with all those kind of shady guys to make make more money and kind of get back at the owners. And if you look at the CPBL right now, it does kind of have an environment like that. So that would explain, I guess, why a lot of the stuff is happening today. The league is run by the GMs. So obviously they're going to be biased uh, towards the teams having power whenever any kind of conflicts come up. There's no free agency. Um, guys don't make a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, multi-year contracts are usually reserved just for the best players, and everyone else is kind of going on one-year deals year to year. So I could definitely understand why players are going to be working with gamblers and triads and and whoever else and just make more money and just be better positions off from their own work. Um, the average salary for all domestic players in the league was $61,200. Mm-hmm. I don't know off the top of my head. I didn't think to look it up what the, you know, cost of living is in Taiwan. I'm assuming that it's going to be similar to here, you know, the New York State. New York City area, it is one of the more expensive metropolitan areas. Taiwan, you know, in the bigger city, um, I would assume it's a similar situation. So $61,000, it's a livable wage. Uh, You could definitely live comfortably on $61,000. But the same thing that's going on today in baseball is how things are in Taiwan in, in baseball and, and really any other, um, or what's the right word? Any other field. I mean, you have the workers are always going to be the ones that are putting in all of the work and making least of the profits and the people that own the place are putting in no work and making the most profits. So even though guys are being paid comfortably or, or decently, they still should be, you know, making more of the profits because the owners are, Absolutely. yeah, owners are making probably triple, quadruple that. 
and there's no one to check them. Right, and they they are basically running things, so they have no check. So it's understandable why guys are going to get, you know, go to these (laughs) gangs. They they don't have anywhere as extensive a minor league system as as we do, I assume. Uh, No, each team has one. One team, yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, this, the fact that even with it, with only one team, uh, these these organizations still can't manage to uh, appropriately compensate their workers is pretty pathetic. Uh, yeah, they have no they have no reason to. You know, if they can get yeah. away with it, they're going to. The only people that are paid, you know, decently, generally speaking, are the foreign players. Mm-hmm. Um, Manny Ramirez. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, teams are allowed to have four foreign players at once. Only th- three of them, though, can be active. So that other guy either has to be injured and, like, you know, working his way back or in the minors. Um, and they usually sign these guys for contracts for half the season, which is kind of interesting, but it's smart in a way because it is tough to, you know, even if you are the best player in the world, you know, let's say you're Mike Trout, there is, you know, no one's going to doubt your baseball ability, but there definitely is some adjustment in terms of going to an entirely new culture, Um, the style of baseball, you know, baseball is still baseball, but the style is a little different, so, I mean, Mike Trout would most likely, you know, rise to the top because he is Mike Trout. But what, the guy what that, would Mike Trout OPS in, in that league? God, who knows? <laughs> Five thousand. It, it is entirely possible that he go that he goes one one four. Uh, it might. He this one out he makes all year will be someone robbing a home run. Yeah, out he makes all season. Dude, OPS is. 1100-ish these days. They'd probably OPS 1718. Maybe more. It is an extremely hitter-friendly league, so. (laughs) Yeah, the the pitching's not really. No, it's not. No. But yeah, these, the split contracts are kind of interesting, because I guess it gives the teams time to see if a guy is like adapting well and I feel like there probably is not really much of a shortage of guys that are looking to reestablish their careers and just kind of go anywhere to continue playing baseball mm. professionally. Especially of, now that guys started to kind of um come back to the majors. Yeah, yeah. So like we were before. like we were saying last week, I believe it was Dan, a lot of players that go to Korea then come back to the US and they're actually able to kind of stick around again. Uh, Eric Thames being the the most obvious example there. Um, and yeah. being the biggest pitching success. I mean, the pitchers usually don't last too long, honestly. It depends. Yeah, it's, it depends. Uh, I mean, a, uh, when when players first started coming from Japan and Korea and to a lesser degree, Taiwan, um, usually they were, you know, older, you know, um, on the downswing of their career. So that mm. definitely put that kind of notion in people's heads that, you know, oh, Japanese players, Korean players, blah, 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 are not good. I think yeah. now now that more players are coming here in their prime or are um, coming here 
without even going playing in Japan or Korea or Taiwan professionally, um, especially in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. You might start seeing more players from Asia who, you know, excel. Trying to think, who was it? Jinichi Tozawa? He was the guy that the oh, yeah, Red yeah. Sox signed. Um, Koji Uehara was also pretty good. I mean, the Japanese pitchers have have been better in recent years. I just don't know that there's been any uh, from the Korean League aside from Ryu or or any from Taiwan that have been particularly good yet. Uh, yet, I'm not. Chin Meng Wang from. Oh, I mean, Christ. He didn't play, he didn't play in Taiwan. He, he yeah. uh, was, you know, I mean, he played high school there. I don't know right, if he right. went to college or not, but, but Those he definitely, guys, he definitely is the top one. Yeah. I feel like that's like a big market inefficiency. Mm-hmm. Scouting younger players from Asia and getting them over here earlier. I, Look, there is a gentleman's agreement between. Oh, I'm sure. Oh yeah, between uh, the NPB, KBO, um, not so much the CPBL because most of the players that are signed as as international rookies are from Taiwan. But in Korea and Japan, really, it's kind of hands off. A few years ago, not really a few years ago at this point, I guess in the early 2010s. There was a big, not a scandal, but there was a big to-do because the Orioles scouted and signed a high schooler in Korea, and the KBO was very angry about that because then not really supposed to be doing that. Mm. I don't remember his name. I remember his last name is Kim, but that doesn't really <laughs> narrow things down. Yeah, it does. But, uh, yeah, so... They are protective of their youngsters, and rightly so, because those are businesses, you know, domestic businesses that do need to draw from the same pool of talent. Oh, I would absolutely be doing that, too, if I was running a Korean team. Yeah. It wasn't one of the bigger international signings a couple years ago, uh, a Taiwanese shortstop, unless I'm losing my mind. Uh, Yeah, the Red Sox, right? Yeah, I think so. Really good defensively. Lutsu Wen. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the the Cubs, like maybe a decade ago. Wow, it might be that long. They had Jen a, Ho, a Jen Ho yeah. Uh No, not him. Oh. Uh, they had a shortstop who was also good defensively. They traded him to the Rays for Garza. Uh, that's going way back. Matt Garza trade Cubs Rays. I haven't thought about Matt Garza in. <laughs> That's 2011. That is almost a decade ago. Jeez. Um, Hawk Julie. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that name. And then he he was like fast in the minors and a good defender, and then he just never hit enough. And I think he got hurt at one point and lost a, a decent bit of that speed. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, that is the. Uh, that is the environment in Taiwan currently. Very offense-oriented, pitching not that great, and it's probably like high A to double A level of mm-hmm. competition. Not, not that I'm sure it would map well to because it's so far removed, but I know they've 
traditionally had a very good youth baseball, like Chinese Taipei typically is, it typically performs really well in the, the world, uh, whatever the, uh, Little League World, Little, World, Little League World Series. Series. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but I wonder, I, I, I've never paid enough attention. I wonder if they struggle with the pitching, even at that level, maybe it's just, uh, 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 everyone, all the good players want to play, want to hit, and no one, no one wants to pitch. Okay, because I, I can't, know. I can't come up with a, a good reason why, why your talent would be so asymmetrically distributed. That is a good question. I yes. don't know. And it's even like that in the other Asian leagues too. Like, yeah, not to that extent, but the pitching in, pitching in Korea and Japan is worse than. It is here, and it's worse than the hitting usually. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's not as uh, vast the, the the talent difference, but mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of Shohei Otani's over there, you know. Like no. he's he's one in a million anywhere, but he's like one in a million even more so there because of how good of a pitcher he was. I mean, you Darvish was a huge deal too because exactly like, no one no one pitches like this. Not I mean, there's there a yep, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that cultural trope about the pitchers being more eager to go to full counts or, or to take lower to, I, I don't know how much, how much of that is, is actually real or how much of it is just projecting some outdated ideas, outdated cultural ideas about cultural differences. It, it is interesting. I'm sure there's some real experts about these leagues that could, uh, have some insight into why things are so, uh, imbalanced. I remember Honest. reading something that Thames was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that like pitching over the um, hitting over in Korea helped him because there were so many more breaking balls that he saw. Mm-hmm. Yes, that like he was he struggled hitting the breaking ball in the U.S. and then he went to Korea and he's like I see a breaking ball like m- almost as much if not more than a fastball. And I just wonder if that's a type of cultural thing like you're getting to more full counts because you're throwing more breaking balls and they're harder to control and they fall out of the zone more. That would make sense. But at the same time, the, the, one of the bigger, bigger changes in pitching philosophy over the last half decade has been yeah. that you should throw your breaking stuff more, even among Western oh, yeah. pitchers, right? So, like, I mean, we have guys who just throw slider after slider after slider or, or uh, Lance McCullers throwing 18 straight curveballs in the <laughs> World Series. So every lefty out of the pen throws 75% sliders. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that just might be a general change in baseball altogether. You're right. Mm. That's a good point. I mean, it would make sense for the full count aspect, but it would also still suggest that their breaking pitches just aren't good enough to, to matter yeah. still. So I wonder how much of it is also a, a developmental thing. Like maybe their developmental infrastructure just isn't as, as Maybe like their, their institutionalized baseball knowledge just isn't as high as, as in the U.S., right? Like where you can find coaches who, you can find quote unquote expert coaches across multiple levels in many places and maybe that's not as true in other, other areas where baseball isn't quite as, or, uh, pervasive. Uh, definitely have a smaller pool of talent. So you have a smaller pool of coaching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you, you mentioned about the kind of culture and it's not radically different, but baseball, what's a good word of putting it? Truism? I don't, I don't really know, but 
the the proper word, but I mean, in in Japan and Korea more so, just because I know more about them than I do um, baseball in Taiwan. But I'm sure it's very similar. This bunting is still very prevalent. The idea of I will make an out to advance the runner oh, because yeah. it is more beneficial to the team. You know that kind oh, of boy. stuff is that kind of stuff is is very prevalent and big there, which is something that's very absent from baseball here, except in certain situations. So many number eight hitters who are the shortstop who like yeah. times a game and they can't really hit, but they're very good defensively. Yeah. That I can appreciate. And I'm just glad, I I always find it interesting the the see it's almost it's almost counterintuitive right you you would think that there's this this idea of team sac of sacrificing for the team and and personal honor is an overused word in this in this context I think but like despite despite I feel like these would be elements that would uh, lead to less celebrating after certain events, not more. And instead, you have this awesome culture of just, I'm going to pimp the shit out of <laughs> every bomb I hit. And I, I, I'm surprised that, that, that they're so loot, that, that that's so, so okay over there, which it absolutely should be. But based on these other elements, you might suspect it, it would be less so, um, especially than the U.S. And it's celebrated. Like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's easily my favorite part, I think, is how fun it looks and how crazy the games get. Like, uh-huh. Games ending like 9-8 where dudes are like bat flipping on doubles and then uh-huh. like, three, there's like three errors in the field and uh-huh. like, it's just maximum crazy. The defense is sometimes not the best. <laughs> but no. it's the, it, it makes it awesome and like uh-huh. it's totally different than the baseball we're used to. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, because there's, like, rumors that the KBO might be on ESPN, and I wonder mm-hmm. how the American fan is going to, like, the average American fan is going to treat it and, like, take it seriously or not. But mm-hmm. it's so fun. It really is. Yeah. It is. It's such a fun brand of the game that's totally different than we're used to. TLDR, let people bat flip, man. Yes. Like, more bat flips. Bat flip Can't everything. Can't argue with that. Bat flip a big... That. Big walk. <laughs> bat flip a sack fly to win a game. Like Sack fly to win a game, I'm okay with. You bat flip a walk, you're kind of a tool, I think. Hear unless you're out. John Baker <laughs> unless you're John Baker bat flipping after a roll this Chapman walks you that one time. That's one of my favorite shifts. <laughs> Bases loaded, it's like the bottom oh, of the come on. And you, and you walk to tie the game. I'm uh, throwing you... that bat. That bat's in the upper deck after that. <laughs> The fact that you could throw the bat to the upper deck yeah, might right? be the most impressive part of that, that story there. Imagine Nimmo bat flipping and then walk and then running to first after his walk. <sighs> down for it. Hey, hey, Brian McCann retired, right? Maybe we can have more fun in baseball. Oh yeah, that's true. If we're lucky. Yeah. All right. Uh, any last words for the week? Make baseball fun. Yes, make baseball fun. Stop throwing balls at people intentionally. Yeah, yeah. that's it's rude. More knuckleballers. More knuckleballs. We can all support that. 
All right. If anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email over at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot questions there. I'm at Steve Seipa. Lucas is at, <clears throat> sorry, Lucas is Elvlahos343. And Thomas is Sad Met Season SZN. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast from, rate and review it. And of course, thank you for listening. And we will be back next week. And until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets.